Hey, thanks for listening to the Berwyn AG Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world. We hope this podcast helps you grow closer to the Lord. For more information, you can visit our website, berwynag.org, or you can find us on all social media platforms at Berwyn AG. If you're blessed by what you hear today, be sure to share and subscribe. Thanks, and as always, God bless. have your Bible, turn with me to Acts 2. Of all passages to preach on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 is a surprise, isn't it? So uh, we're talking today about the presence, the power, and the possibilities. Today is uh, Pentecost Sunday. The title refers to what is uh, known as the Feast of Weeks, or uh, Shabbat, or uh, First Fruits. Um, so uh, it's 50 days since Passover. That's why it's called the Feast of Weeks. And so the Hebrew people knew this as the beginning celebration of their spring harvest. Thank you. It's the beginning of their harvest celebration. And so at the very beginning, they would bring the first fruits of the harvest by faith. Come in, give a wave offering of the first fruits, believing God for, for more. We're believing God for more, brother, of your first fruits there. And then also, we... we recognize this as, as a time where the, the Hebrew people celebrated the revelation of the Torah, that, uh, the, that Moses received the law from God, and so they, they celebrated at that time, and so we know it in the New Testament as the beginning of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the birthday of the church. Of course, the birthday of the church was really when the disciples began to believe, but then as they waited, uh, Jesus told them to wait there and don't do anything until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, he said, don't do anything until you've received the Spirit. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit is outpoured, and it turns out that in this passage we're going to look at that Peter stands up and preaches and 3,000 people are saved. That's pretty phenomenal. I think we would, we would settle for 3,000 people in this outreach you're talking about. But it would be tremendous, and we, uh, we, it would be tremendous if we understood really that the 3,000 is the first fruits. That this is the fulfillment of that Old Testament, uh, 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 that Old Testament feast, which is a type. And that, that type is telling us that there's a first fruit. It's also the celebration of that, that revelation that comes. Uh, that, in, in this case, not the revelation of the law, but the revelation of the Spirit. From, from now on, men and women would f fulfill the law by having the Spirit write the law on their hearts. And so, in the same way Moses received that, that, uh, that, uh, that law, that, that revelation, in the same way, they would receive that, and individual believers like you and I would receive that, and it would be poured out into our hearts and written on our hearts, as the prophet said. And so, when we're looking at this, we see that, that the fulfillment of Pentecost is, or Pentecost is, is the beginning of the fulfillment of this Old Testament feast. So, let's look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And I'm going to read the whole passage to you, so... Uh, uh, buckle up, it's a long one here. So, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent 
wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then amazed, uh, uh, then, uh, that are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, uh, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, and Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and explained and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all those who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence." Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for, whom, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. Father, would you give us your grace to speak, Lord, today, Lord, of the tremendous glory that we have, Lord, to know Jesus, but also to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. We are so blessed, Lord, more blessed than we could possibly know today. In Jesus' name, amen. Always and all throughout the Scripture, the presence of God has been the inheritance of the believers, of the righteous. It is the blessing that we have to be a people who walk in the Spirit. The Old Testament understanding of the Holy Spirit, you know, we kind of see the, old, the Holy Spirit being as a New Testament revelation, but that's not at all true. The Holy Spirit was, was there very, at the very beginning of the book, in the very first page in Genesis chapter 1. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing the creative work in Genesis. And so the Holy Spirit has long been working in the lives of men and women who call themselves people of God. The Holy Spirit gifts us with His presence. The presence of the Spirit is what created everything. The presence of the Spirit is what, we, what distinguishes us. The presence of the Spirit is that which makes the people of God the people of God. It is not church going that makes us the people of God. It is not Bible reading that makes us the people of God. It's the presence of the Spirit on the inside of our hearts that makes us a people of God. I'm going to get excited a little bit this morning. I'm going to ask your forgiveness right now because I'm really stoked about the presence of the Holy Spirit. At the very beginning, the Holy Spirit moved. Even in the creation of the people of Israel, the Holy Spirit came in unusual ways. The presence of God came in unusual ways. In Exodus 31, we read that the Holy Spirit gifted specifically artisans in the tabernacle and so that they could create things in specific ways. And we know the Holy Spirit was present in that way because they did things that they had never done. and did. They created tapestries and worked with gold and they worked with wood and there were singers and there were artisans and there were musicians that were skilled and there were men and women who were skilled in glorifying God in the various different ways. They were all skilled and anointed by the Holy Spirit. The presence of God was necessary and the giftings of God were treasured and welcomed among the righteous people of God. And we don't think of the Holy Spirit like that too much, but when we recognize that the Holy Spirit was involved, even in that process, the presence of God was, was important. Moses said that the presence of God distinguished the people of Israel from all the other nations on earth. In Exodus 33, verse 12, it said, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me to lead this people but you have not let me know whom you are to send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? 
What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. You see, the very presence of the Spirit is what distinguishes the people of God, even in the Old Testament, from all the people of the earth. We have heard testimony after testimony of people who have come into the service. And they're in the presence of God in the worship time. Sometimes it's confusing for them. They'll say, you know, I don't understand it, but in the middle of the song, I didn't know the words. I didn't know anything else. It was all new to me. In fact, if if I'm honest, it was a little freaky for me to be in your midst, but somehow there was something moving on the inside of my heart and the Spirit of God was working on me and I found myself crying and I don't know why I found myself crying in the presence of God. You see, the presence of God is what makes the difference. It's what breaks the yoke. It's what sets people free. It's the thing that distinguishes the people of God from all the other people. It's not our political stance. It's not how we dress. It's not how we sing. It's not the tempo of our music. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what makes the difference. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was a prophetic presence. In Isaiah 61, he he, the, the prophet writes this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, and they shall be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Listen, friend, this is what the presence of the Holy Spirit was designed. It's interesting that Jesus quotes that same thing, but before we get into the New Testament, look at the Old Testament, what the presence of the prophetic power, prophetic presence was there for. It was to release and to set free and to bring to liberty those that were in bondage, but also to proclaim the year, the day of the vengeance of our God, but also to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, also to proclaim comfort for those who were mourning, but also to proclaim a, a healing for those who were grieving, to bestow on people a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, that God has something on the inside of us that wants to do, you know, I heard a guy say today, he said, I have something on the inside that other people don't have. I have a know-it-all. I have a know-it-all on the inside of me. You see, I don't know what God's going to do this morning, but I do know this. The Holy Spirit knows fully the will of God, the future of God. He knows the desire of God, and He dwells on the inside of us. If we would just learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we would understand the things of God. Let the Holy Spirit be present in a delivering presence. We read about these obscure people in the Old Testament, Othniel, who was raised up by God to be a mighty warrior to deliver from the Arameans. Or Deborah, who was was raised up by the Holy Spirit to lead her nation against and to lead the nation's army against uh, the, the, the foes of the, of the nation because the, the generals lacked faith. 
We see it all the time. The presence of the Holy Spirit is what makes the difference. The presence of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was a worshipful presence. Sometimes the presence would come so powerful upon the people of God that they would break out in song and dancing. Miriam was, created, was, was, was filled with the Holy Spirit and she, and she created a group of praise dancers before the Lord. She even played the tambourine, which we do not allow in this church. But she prayed, played the tambourine. If you want to play the tambourine, you have to have a license for the tambourine in our church. But Miriam played the tambourine. Amen. And she danced before the Lord. And she gave praise to God. Sometimes the presence of God would come so thick that the people who were offering the sacrifices, the workers in the tabernacle, the power of God would come so, so thick upon them that they couldn't do their assigned duties. That they would be awestruck and still because the presence of God would, would stymie the very thing that they were doing. They, they, would, they would be shut down because of what the Holy Spirit... Have you ever just been you know, staring into space thinking about the things of God because the Spirit of God was upon you? Jesus said that His ministry was, was uh, the expression of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I hear some bad teaching on, on the radio. Well, I'm going to talk about them anyway. So let's, let's just say it. I won't give you their names, but there's people who will say that Jesus did miracles because He was the Son of God. But that's not what empowered Jesus to do the miracles. The testimony of the prophets in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 the testimony is that the Holy Spirit was on him. The testimony of Jesus Himself was that the Spirit of the Lord was on him. And that is why the, the miracles happened. Yes, they testified to, the, to the, the, Him being the Son of God, but it's not an act of His divinity. It's an act of someone being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think the reason we hear that on the radio, we hear teachers who think that the Holy Spirit is no longer operating or that only Jesus could do the miracles. But I'm going to tell you, look at your neighbor and say, you can do the miracles of God. Now that's the absolute truth. Jesus said, even greater works. Even greater works. You're, you're able to do even greater works. In fact, in the vision of your life that Jesus had for your life, Jesus imagined that you would do even greater works than He did. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's something you have to think about. Can I really be a person who's doing miracles? Yes! It's never going to be you. Look at your neighbor say, it's never going to be you. It's going to be the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, working through you. That's why Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 49, He said to His disciples, the resurrected Jesus said to them, there's a whole world out there that needs to know Me. Don't go. Don't go. Well, actually, He said, stay. Stay until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God has to be in our life. Yes. 
You cannot live this life on your own. If you're living your life without the presence of the Holy Spirit making way for you, doing miracles for you, giving you assignments, giving you talents, giving you uh, words of words from God, revealing the Scripture to you, if you're doing that, then you're doing it the wrong way. You are destined to futility, frustration, and failure. Because it has to be by My Spirit, saith the Lord. God's presence is a promise for you and me this morning. The New Testament church knew that the Holy Spirit was present, and they saw acts of power in their midst. I just went through the book of Acts and wrote some things down. They saw the power of God when they prayed. Whole buildings were shaken because of their prayer. Think about it. What what happens when the people of God pray? Think about what happens when we begin to seek the face of God and demonic structure around us begins to shake and crumble and fall and those people who are held prison by that structure suddenly see the light. The Holy Spirit showed His power when they prayed. The Holy Spirit showed His power when they spoke in tongues and they the tongues of men and of angels. The Holy Spirit showed His power when they endured persecution. The Holy Spirit showed His power when they perceived false believers in their midst. The Holy Spirit showed His power when their spiritual lives were so full that people said, that man's so full of the Holy Spirit, he's got to be one of our leaders. The Holy Spirit was so full that they could stand up and die a martyr's death and see a vision of Jesus. The Holy Spirit was so full and so working in their lives that their power gave them the ability to run and catch up to already running chariots. Can you imagine if we modernized that today? If you were leaving the church today and the Lord said, hey, I want you to run up there and catch that Chevy as it's going down 34th Street. And you just busted out a run and started running alongside that thing and say, Brother, what is that that you're reading? Well, the speed limit on that street is about 30 miles and 25, actually, on this, this thing. That's about the speed of a chariot. The power of God was available to the New Testament church. The Holy Spirit's power was there to change lives. Saul's became Paul's. Power of the Holy Spirit was available to save entire households. The power of the Holy Spirit was to fill those who were listening to a sermon before the altar call, right in the middle of the sermon. How rude for God to pour out His Holy Spirit before the sermon's done. Power of the Holy Spirit was there to call them to prophesy. The power of the Holy Spirit was there to anoint teachers. The power of the Holy Spirit was there to prophesy over this one and that one that they would be called to the mission field and go out and go on tours and trips to win people to Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit was available to to bring joy in the midst of the church so no matter how much they were being persecuted or how much they were misunderstood or how many people sought to take their lives, the power of the Holy Spirit was resonant in them to cause joy to bubble up on the inside of them so that they could be joyful even in the most dire circumstance. The power of the Holy Spirit was there to minister grace to the broken and to the poor. The power of the Holy Spirit was there so that the preachers could preach. The power of the Holy Spirit was there so that they could heal the sick 
The power of the Holy Spirit was there to give them victory over Satan's power. And that's just in the first 14 chapters. There's a whole book there that we need to read and go back and say, God, give us that power, the power of the Holy Spirit in our church. A life lived with the power of the Holy Spirit becomes a life full of the Holy Spirit. We are not powerless when we are facing our circumstances. We need to get out of the poverty mindset, out of the victim mindset, out of the not enough mindset. We need to get out of that mindset and begin to recognize who we are working for and who dwells on the inside of us. We are not powerless. We have the power of God dwelling on the inside of us because the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me and it quickens my mortal body. And I am moved by God to do the things that He wants us to do. You're not stuck in Jesus' name. You know the way out. The way out is through the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter what it is that you're facing, you are not stuck. The power of God is on your life. Pentecost is your everyday experience. You have the power of God inside your life. You have the presence of God. You have the power of God. And the power of God at your disposal means your life is chock full of possibilities. Chock full of possibilities if you are walking in the Spirit. If you are walking in the Spirit, your destiny has already been changed, but now your character is being shaped and formed. The size of your faith, friend, needn't remain the same. Sometimes we come to church and we say, oh, it's good to be around all these giants of the faith. But us, I'm just a spiritual midget. Can you say midget? I've said it. <laughs> we feel as though our faith is stuck at a small spot. But it's God's intent that our, our faith grows. That we should be growing and seeing God. We were talking in, before the service, and it was the, we were reading Romans chapter 5, where it says, You're suffering. Uh, will produce perseverance, and then your per perseverance will produce character, and your character will produce hope, right? And I mentioned the fact that I see in this the progression because God is constantly trying to get us to progress from where we are to where we ought to be. From where we have what we've experienced to the new things we're going to experience. If you are living in the old days, if, you are, if you're, your most recent testimony starts in 1960, then you need to freshen up your faith, brother. You need to begin something new. God has got something for you this week. God has got something for you this day. He wants to do something in your life. Don't look back and say, oh, weren't those days wonderful? They may have been, but listen, there's better times ahead. We have possibilities before us because of the person who's present with us and the power that is resident in us. 
Because we recognize who God is and what He's done. When we live with this God understanding, when we live with this overwhelming understanding that the, that the cross is the finished work, that Jesus stood up and said, it's finished. That means go get Him. That means something on the inside of us has to rise up and we have to chase that down. Your character will be formed by His fruit. In Galatians chapter 5 says, by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its desires and its passions. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. So, quite frankly, some of us have just pulled up a seat and said, that's really cool, God. You go get them. We'll just sit right here and wait till you get back and come get us. And you're waiting for the Lord to come and rescue from But you're a part of the rescue mission. He's put His Holy Spirit in you so that you would open that yapper of yours and tell somebody about Jesus. So you would lay hands on somebody who's sick. When instead of we, you know, we see people who are sick and we go, oh, they got germs. I'm going to step over here. We're missing the point. We should be going, here's a sick one. Let me see if I can get them to let me pray for them. Hi, you don't look like you're feeling so good. Yeah, I'm not. I know someone who can fix you right up. His name is Jesus. Can I pray for you? And just pray a simple prayer. You don't got to get loud like me. Lord Jesus, touch this cold, this flu, Whatever it is. What a, HIV. What doesn't make any difference what it is. Lord, touch this in the name of Jesus. And glorify Yourself in the healing. And show this person how much You really love them. Amen. Have a great day. Man, you walk away going, I'm a part of the Kingdom of God. Right? You start walking like the person that God has envisioned you to be. And God turns to His angel and says, there may be hope, for the world yet. If the people of God will act like people of God. If the people of the presence will acknowledge the presence so that the power can flow through them so they can see not problems, but possibilities. Let us keep step with the Spirit. Your Spirit will be accentuated with supernatural giftings, revelations, miracles, answers to prayer. This is what the Scripture says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in them all, in, every, in, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To the one there is given the, the Spirit, by the, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one. Each one. Each one. Underline each one. Each one. Are you one? Because He gives them to each one. You're here today going, oh, let the man in the front do the work. 
I'm going to tell you what, I'm 61 years old. There's only so much I can do. But when I look across this place, there's some youth here. There's some people here who got some big mouths. I mean that in the most complimentary way. God has something for us to do. And it's not just sit there in the pew. We come to church, we plop on a pew, and we say, Lord, have Your way. And He says to us in a voice that evidently we don't hear or we don't obey, get up off your hiney. It's the end of the service. There are people who didn't go forward who have needs. You know, you know why they don't go forward? Because they're just like you. They're embarrassed. They're not sure they believe in all that hocus-pocus up at the front. They're not sure they want that sweaty preacher to put his sweaty hand on them. And so they're just sitting there. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you with words of discernment, with gifts of healing. Let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. Look around! Look around! The world is in need of Jesus! Look around! Start in the church. Look at the broken around you. Look at the wounded around you. We must be a people where the Spirit of God can work. The Spirit of God works in your life. You go from church attender to minister of God in a quick hurry. From lost sinner to ministering to the saints. You can leave a lasting footprint legacy of faith for others to walk in if you will walk in the Spirit. If, if, that's the conditional phrase, if you will walk in the Spirit. Paul said to the Ephesian church, he said to them, listen, don't get tangled up in this world This world is a rough place. Don't get tangled up in this world. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he'd been there. He'd preached on the Holy Spirit. He'd taught them. He'd laid hands on a few of them, no doubt. He had given them the Gospel. He says in another place, I've told you all about this. So we know that he spent some time there ministering to them. And yet at the same time, he knew it was up to them. It was conditional for them. If they would walk in the Spirit. If they would be full of the Spirit. Now listen, some of your family members think you're full of something else. But God wants you to be full of His Holy Spirit. Why would we try to do something supernatural in our own strength? Why wouldn't we surrender to the Holy Spirit and begin to seek Him further? so that our lives would testify not to the historical Pentecost, but to the one that we have burning in our soul today. Would you bow your heads with me and let us pray? Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. We take pride in creating free content that will hopefully enrich your life and lead you closer to the heart of the Father. If you are blessed by what you heard today, 
Help us continue to make content just like this by sharing, subscribing, and if you feel led, by contributing financially on our website, berwinag.org. As always, if there's anything that we can do to help you in your walk with the Lord, contact us on our website, berwinag.org, or on social media at berwinag. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.